Hey, this is Steven from Spirit Family Reunion. This episode of the Newport Folk Podcast is fueled by Lagunitas, official beer partner of Newport Folk. Lagunitas is dedicated to helping unknown artists reach more ears through beers. Head over at Lagunitas.com to learn how their grant program supports innovative artists and music education. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. (laughs) That's probably the best I'm going to do. One, two, three, yeah! Hey, welcome. My name is Dan, and you are listening to the first episode of Season 4 of the Newport Folk Podcast. Uh, It has been quite some time since we last did an episode, so it's good to be back. A lot has been going on in the Newport Folk universe. And so before we dive into this episode, we thought we'd do a quick check-in, a housekeeping kind of thing. So uh, we've got some Newport Folk Present shows coming up. Lucius will be at the Columbus Theater on Saturday, March 17th although that one is sold out, so hopefully you already got your tickets. Uh, Coulter Wall will be at the Sinclair on April 15th. The Suffers will also be at the Sinclair on April 24th. Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats will be with Deer Tick at Blue Hills Bank Pavilion on Friday, June 8th. That'll be a good one. And John Prine will be at the Wang Theater on June 15th, so make sure you guys get your tickets to those. Got some new music from artists in the folk family. Darling Side just released their record, Extra Life. That's available everywhere now. Brandy Carlisle also released her record a couple weeks ago called uh, By the Way I Forgive You. Courtney Barnett has a new record coming out on May 18th called Tell Me How You Really Feel. And Shaky Graves also just announced a new record called Can't Wake Up. That'll be everywhere on May 4th. And last thing on the agenda, if you didn't notice, we've started our rolling lineup. So I'm just going to rattle off the names here real quick and then later on in the episode we'll go back and talk about a few of these So, so far we have Courtney Barnett, Fantastic Negrito, The Weather Station, Sturgill Simpson, Tank and the Bangas, Coulter Wall, Rachel and Ville Ray, The Warren Treaty, Bedouin, Gary Clark Jr., Darling Side, Tyler Childers, Passenger, Hamilton Rostam, and most recently, Phoebe Bridgers. Of course, keep an eye out on social media for the latest artist announcements. But now that we've got housekeeping out of the way, let's get started with episode one of season four. Let the music dry our cry. So one thing that you might have noticed about the artists that we've announced so far on our lineup is that for all but three of them, this will be their first time playing Newport. This lineup so far is just filled with young and -and up-and-coming artists. And so for this first episode of season four, we're going to take a look at the question of how do we find new music? Sort of pull back the curtain, so to speak, and take a look at that process. Because finding and exposing new artists to our crowd, that's something that's been a part of Newport's DNA really long before any of us were involved, going back to moments like in the early 60s when Joan Baez introduced Bob Dylan to the audience at Newport. That was really his introduction to the folk world. And still today, we hear that for a lot of people, a big part of why they come to Newport is to find their next favorite artist. So it's something that we put a lot of work into. And in you know the digital age, there are so many methods of discovery that it can really be overwhelming at times. And so we're going to take a look at how we cut through that noise to find artists that are right from Newport. So to start, we're fortunate enough to know people who are equally, if not more, obsessed with finding new music. People like agents and talent buyers. These people sort of work outside of the spotlight, but they play an important role in shaping this festival. Uh, My name is Todd. 
the mod. No, let's start over. Despite the fact that it took us about 30 tries to get him to say his name and job title correctly. My name's Todd. Hi, I'm Todd Walker. Let me start again. Todd is a very talented booking agent. He works for Paradigm, and basically his job is to book shows for artists on his roster. So during the off-season, he and a slew of other agents call into the office or meet up with us at shows, and they suggest their bands to Jay and the rest of the team. And really, that's one of the main ways that we hear about new music. If someone like Todd signs a new band, we want to hear him. So we asked Todd to talk about his process of finding new artists. We find music in a lot of different ways. Um, I... You know, I definitely surround myself and I have a lot of friends that are real music, you know, aficionados and and real music lovers that really try and sort of trade information around. Um, the discovery of finding new music, I think, is one of the more exciting things, I guess, in the music business or is just for me being a booking agent. Um, and I find stuff in a lot of different uh, a lot of different resources. A lot of times people send me stuff. Um, you know, people that think, you know, know kind of, I guess, my, my personal kind of palette or things that I really love. Um, and they'll send me things just randomly. Um, you know, I find things by, uh, you know, even social media, just sort of scrolling through Instagram or Facebook. And I'll find things from, you know, friends that I think have really good music um, taste. Um, and, and I'll check those out. Um, I read a ton of blogs, um, you know, for everything from, you know, line of best fit to stereo gum. I still look at pitchfork, things like this. Um, and, um, and yeah, I'm always sort of like perusing stuff, you know, always sort of perusing stuff seems to be a pretty good summary of how agents spend their time. We reached out to another agent that we work with, Greg Little, he books ballroom thieves and the suffers. And he had sort of a similar method of discovering new music. We, I have a variety of ways, you know, every morning, maybe for an hour, I've got maybe six or 10 websites bookmarked. I'll click on them, listen to like the first five or six songs, like, uh, you know, like Little Indie or Indie Shuffle or Gorilla vs. Bear, maybe like, uh, like those type things and who are constantly kind of scouring the internet and seeing all bubbles at the top and putting it on a little playlist. And I'll listen through it in the morning. That's one way. And then it's a bit tricky. I have like three really like super, um, I guess friends that anything they send me, I will stop what I'm doing and listen. And they rarely send me anything, but if they do, I'll stop. Like Josh Smith at Bowery Boston, he's the reason I have Ballroom Thieves and Weekend Friends and the kids. He kind of just, he knows me personally and what I like to listen to. And he knows the way I work because he works with me. And when he heard Ballroom Thieves, he said, hey man, you gotta come see this band play they're playing you know such and such date whatever it was three or four years ago and i was like i i believed him i showed up and was like you know heard archers by ballroom thieves and literally like dropped my beer on the floor in amazement these like 23 year olds that were just up there being amazing I shiver through the words I send They're warmer than the ones that never left my head I've made an ocean of this bed Now I beg you'd starve to roll through it And 
it's funny because Josh is now really scared to send me anything because he's like three for three. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, I really just can't tell you anything anymore. Like, it's got to be pretty high quality. I'm like, yeah, you do. So man, I can't wait to hear Greg answering the question of how he finds. Good music. <laughs> Good music, because he would just say, Josh Smith emails me links. He actually said that. <laughs> this is, in fact, our good friend, Josh Smith. He is a talent buyer uh, for Bowery Boston. Josh's job is to basically work with agents like Greg and Todd to book artists in Boston music venues. Uh, we book three rooms, ex- or excuse me, four rooms exclusively. Uh, Great Scott, uh, which is our smaller club, holds 200 people. Um, the Sinclair, which we own and operate in Harvard Square, which is about 500. Um, we book the Royale, which is our largest club in Boston, which is about 1,200, um, and Fet Music Hall in Providence, which goes from 200 to 900. Um, those are the clubs that we book exclusively, and then we, of course, will go into pretty much any other room that we can, um, you know, theaters and, and whatnot. Bowery Boston puts on hundreds of shows a year, and Josh is constantly looking for the newest artist to fill his rooms. And so he's one of our favorite sources for new music. And we asked him, you know, how do you decide which artist to send us? Because obviously he doesn't send us every artist that he finds out about. So what is he listening for that makes him think this should be at Newport? I mean, I don't know if there's a word for it. Uh, it's, I don't know, that feeling that you get that just something belongs there. You know, like it's something that you're excited about. I mean, the music's great. Um, I, I think oftentimes the, the acts that I kind of pitch you guys on, and it's usually not like, hey, you should book this, but it's like, hey, I want to share this with you because you'll like it. Um, I think that they're usually like kind of the outset of the box ideas. Like it's not like the true folk act that I'm coming to you with. It's more, you know, the, um, the Courtney Barnett or the um, Leon Bridges, something that's just like, and I, those are maybe bad examples, but but no, those are great examples. Actually, I should say (laughs) what I meant to say is I don't take any credit for those because I certainly (laughs) didn't pitch you guys on either of them. They were totally on your radar. Um, but you know, just like the act that they're, you know, just like, I guess a little bit left of center, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It does. Yeah. But I think it's just the excitement. You yeah. know, like when you get goosebumps listening to something, you're like, this is great. Right. It's that authenticity. Yeah. yeah. Hey, darling, sleeping on the blacktop. Hey, darling, running through the trees, honey. Hey, darling, leaving for the next time. Lesson my sense catches up with me. Newport Folk being a part of that family is something that's really, you got to take seriously. So... If you're going to introduce Jay to, to new music, it's basically like bringing, sitting at your dinner table with Jay, inviting like your new family member or like, like think of it like Jay sitting there and you got, he's your dad and I'm bringing a new girlfriend and I got to like, it better be good, you know, like you don't just send him stuff. So what I, if I'm going to bring something to him, I got to know it fits in that family. I got to know their they're true artists and they got to have something to say like like Newport isn't that far off of the old Bob Dylan's thing where like he wouldn't ask how people were doing he'd, he'd go up and ask if they had anything to say like worthwhile like you gotta like like I think the first thing I booked maybe was Shaky Graves with Jay and I knew he'd like that because it's like Shaky was saying something he wrote great lyrics it made sense it was that vibe Shaky's a good dude can work within the family, can go up and play with anybody. So there's a lot of like check marks. You gotta like hit all of them in order to be brought up to Jay. I mean, Newport is a really unique 
festival and a unique, um, a, you know, kind of has a, a, a certain artist that it, it kind of looks for. I definitely tailor what we work with to what I think might resonate with you guys. Um, it's definitely not the sort of like, oh, I've got another kind of, you know, uh, guitar playing, plucking, you know, a, you know, singer-songwriter type thing. I definitely try and sort of keep it very open-ended of, of what kind of artist because I do think that Newport, even though it has its identity, it's always been very good at like, you know, dipping its toe in a lot of different kind of genres and, and trying to sort of introduce new work and new artists to, to their audience. So Bedouin was a good example of someone who I, who, who I just thought was perfect for Newport folk because although she, I guess, is sort of in the kind of Newport folk Lane, you know, for lack of a better word, she is someone that's really unique in how she approaches her, her voice and her her craft. You know, I don't think there's anyone out there that's really sort of right on the button with someone like her. And she just has a really fresh and and very like organic and natural voice that is rarely heard. I think. One of these days, you know, I'm gonna set out to play. If it's my last. So that covers the first sort of uh, ingredient, so to speak, in this music discovery recipe. But the interesting thing about Newport is that it doesn't rely exclusively on that music industry process. There are some other sort of less traditional ways that we discover new music. And so I asked Britt and Caps, uh, Britt is our associate producer and Caps is our creative director, to sit down with me and sort of talk about those less conventional ways. Yeah, check, check. Do you need me to get closer? Yeah, should no. I? I? You guys, I think you're good, actually. Good. Okay. All right, so let me start by just asking, you know, what's the what's the overall thousand-foot view process for discovering new music for you guys? Yeah, I mean, I think we find music through the obvious people that we just heard from, our friends that, you know, whether they're promoters or whether they're agents, and we trust them and they understand our festival I think that's a super important part um, we obviously have our own personal ways of exploring music and finding new music and for me I think a common thread that I've heard from everyone we talk to is word of mouth that's still huge for me because in today's world of all this technology and all these channels and niche ways to consume music I still look for something to kind of validate and I think that validation can pop up in a lot of different ways. I think sometimes I'm, we might get pitched something and we'll consider it and we'll be listening to it and kind of just have it on rotation in the office. And then a friend might reach out and be like, hey, have you heard of this band? Whatever, I could think of probably 20 band names in the last month that I could insert in that sentence. Um, and I think to when you start to see it bubble up or you see them on a late night show on Conan or something like that, it starts to validate um, that there's like a buzz growing or that it's a band that might be a right fit for our festival. Um, so I'd say that's kind of the broad uh, thousand foot view for me. That's sort of interesting. There is, it's almost like there's two parts to your process. There's the finding out about them and then there's the validating part. You know, it's one thing to find out about a new artist. It's another thing to hear it from 30 different sources that they should be playing Newport and seeing them, like you said, on live TV and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, and, and don't get us wrong. There are those artists we hear once and we go after it. 
Haunt the House was a yeah, perfect Haunt the House of that. and Hoser was a Hoser, perfect example yeah. of that. So it's sometimes you just hear it and you know and you and you go for it. Um, and then other times you're you know you're limited with how many slots you have, and so you're juggling. I mean, I. Oh, <laughs> I can it's... see the spreadsheet in my mind <laughs> where we literally will have like five band names in one slot and you're just constantly doing this shuffle and conversations and re-listening to it. And then usually it takes going to see them play live or, you know, you'll get a recommendation from a friend that kind of validates it or another artist will say, oh, by the way, I, you know, I have nothing to do with this band, but they'd be great for Newport. And those things start to get into the psyche of our decision making. Um, and I'd also say so even when that happens, it doesn't necessarily mean the stars are going to align right away. But again, when there's only so many stages and only so many hours in the day, we're forced to make some tough decisions. Right. And and you mentioned briefly in there that there's that element of artists recommending other artists that should play Newport. And that's sort of an interesting aspect of all this that folk fans listening might not be too aware of. So can you sort of talk about that and maybe um, name one artist that you think is a good example? Sure. Um, I would say the the first group of people that come to mind for me is Spirit Family Reunion. We've been pals for years now, and we found out, actually, it's kind of a good thread because we found out about Spirit Family because they were busking in Central Park, I think, and a friend of Jay's sent him like an iPhone video. And then they happened to be playing somewhere in Boston and we went to see them, and they we booked them on the festival. And then the first time I saw Hooray for the Riff Raff was when Spirit Family came and played a show up on this really tiny uh, venue up in the North Shore of Massachusetts. So that's how I got discovered Hooray for the Riff Raff. And they also introduced us to the Deslons, and uh, they introduced us to Margaret Gra- Glasby when she was out on the road with them, and they introduced us to that whole Jalopy Theater crew that did a showcase in the museum last year. So just that one band alone that we discovered from a friend. What, how many bands did I just name? I mean, you know, so I think that's a perfect example of how we discover music. And then, of course, I think we also heard from someone, like a fan or someone emailed too. So, yeah, it's, it's to go back to that thing when you're just hearing from a bunch of different avenues and seeing them in a bunch of different places, um, I would say that's probably my example. Yeah, and I think, you know, the to take that a little bit further, you know, them recommending Hooray for the Riff Raff or introducing us to Margaret Glasby, that I think is a trend you can go all the way back to the beginnings of the festival. Then you look at Bob Gibson bringing Joan, uh, Joan Baez up on stage. And then when Joan Baez finally got a slot, she brings Bob Dylan up on stage or Johnny Cash bringing Chris Christopherson up on stage. I mean, it just to, to, to us, that's part of our DNA, this idea that this is an artist festival as well and that they can have the freedom to bring and introduce people themselves um, is huge. And we get that a lot where we'll get this connection from band to band like Brittany just went through with Spirit Family. Or that night we went out to go see Johnny Fritz headline and the, the underbill was, it was Johnny Fritz and then it was, you know, Robert shovels Ellis and, and then and it was sho- and Shovels and Rope was opening. And we went and in one night, you know, re, you know, rekindled our love with Johnny. But then also just. And I had that at that point, I had knew I had heard about Robert Ellison and listened to him, but I'd never seen him live. And Shovels and Rope was for me, I think, pretty much an unknown. Yeah, it was an unknown for me, too. And yeah. we were blown away. And that night we, 
I think we booked all three of them that next year just off of going one night. And and so that's a perfect example of, you know, we see a lot of new music because we'll go to a show and we'll get there early enough to see the opening artist who we may not know. And sometimes you just hit gold and you get blown away by that. So it can be an artist like literally recommending another artist or just that relationship that they have. Um, you know, and that can even go to a Spotify playlist or whatever with, you know. Yeah, and, and even when, you know, we remember those conversations and even though it might ha- not happen that same year or that same time, like I remember being at ACL and Jay and I were talking to Matt Vasquez and he was like, you know, I grew up with this guy and he's this great musician. You should really check him out. Nathaniel Rateliff, and it was long before the Night Sweats. And we ended up, he played the festival that we did out on the West Coast, way over yonder, just him solo. But then, you know, he didn't come along to Newport until the Night Sweats project came out. And God, it's been a hell of a time with him since then. It's been fun. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it all out there to dry. I'm gonna leave it all out there. I'm gonna leave it all out there to dry. Up. I'm gonna leave it all out there. And then. The other one I would say, the other element for us or the other piece of this equation is sometimes artists recommend artists that they don't necessarily, they haven't played with, but it might be like a hero to them. So like Michael Hurley is a perfect example. Um, He's, you know, not hugely known, but for us, we got this recommendation from multiple artists saying, oh my God, this guy is like my hero as an artist, so you should bring him. I think there's been a few examples of that, especially more of those kind of older, smaller bands or musicians, which has been really cool. And there's sort of the reverse of that, too, not from our perspective, but for the folk fans with people like John Prine bringing out younger artists to join him on songs to close out Newport Folk. That's a huge music discovery element. Mm -hmm. Um, So is there an artist on this year's lineup so far that you feel like was recommended from another artist? I, I think Darling Side's a perfect example of, of that this year. Um, you know, Josh Smith introduced us to Ballroom Thieves. Um, then after a couple of years of, of the Ballroom Thieves playing and, and being part of the family and us getting really close with them, um, you know, last year they brought Tall Heights and they brought Ryan right. Montblue. Yeah. And, and then this year... Uh, we did a Newport Folk Present show with them, and they added Darling Side to it as a surprise. And we had seen them a couple times, but then we saw them that night, and it was just great. And that was an example of uh, you know them introducing us to them, and and sort of the it validation just, element. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things like Brittany said, you may have been aware of them for a year or two or something like that, and it's sometimes the stars don't align, and then sometimes. They just do. And this was the year that the stars aligned for Darling Side. Uh, So then one thing that you mentioned earlier, Britt, I think you said that folk fans will email in or they'll suggest um, artists. I'm curious as to how the folk fans play into all this, because I know we do spend a lot of time taking into their taking their consideration. Um, so I'm curious what you have to say about that. Yeah. Um, we are listening <laughs> and we are watching what you're writing to us on social media. I think for me personally, watching how Facebook and social media and all these 
ways to be able to communicate directly have evolved has been amazing. Because I remember when we started our Facebook group. Um, but for us, a huge thing every year, because and you know, because you have the joy of tallying it all, is when we go on social media and we ask what you're listening to and who you want to see at the fort, we actually count every single submission and tally them up and read and and we find a lot of new stuff there we see a lot of stuff that to the point that we were talking earlier validates things that we were already feeling um and obviously there's some white whales and things in there that are a dream we all have and doesn't always work out but we i think the beauty of social media um is that we get to have a direct line to our fans and we get to see what they're checking out and listening to and what they like. And I also think the other cool thing is when we're doing our rolling announcements, um, sometimes we'll announce a band and the reaction will just be even bigger than we expected. And if it's, you know, something that was a newer discovery for us, sometimes it makes us feel a little dopey because we're like, oh, we're way behind on this one. (laughs) Um, But I think it also sometimes validates something that we might go out on a limb on booking, uh, something that we might think is a little left of center um and it ends up being great to see the reaction all right so now that we've heard sort of the methods and the ways that we find new music there is still one part of this process and one person that we should probably hear from wait are we recording (laughs) this is jay sweet our executive producer he's the one who's actually responsible for booking the artists i sat down with him to discuss the final part of all this all right, so let's say, hypothetically, that we uh, discover a new artist through an agent or through you know a folk fan or, or something, and we go see them live. What are you thinking about? How do you know that they're right for Newport? Yeah, I mean, kind of what Britt and Caps and, and others have said is, you know, honestly, it's like just, it becomes inherent. There are times when I just hear something and whether I hear it for the first time and then validate it through the many ways that Caps and Brit and, and you guys were talking about where all the validation sources, those are everything. But really what it comes down for me, I'm in a very fortunate position that I can hear it and know it and then be a judge, jury and executioner and just say, I'm going to go through walls to try to make that person, that artist come as soon as possible. I mean, it might not be, I remember Britt saying something, it might not be that year, but I will then put it on a list and say, I'm, I'm, I want to, I want to be part of, I want that person to be part of our family. You know, we were talking about, for example, um, Gary Clark Jr., who is coming back. I, I, it's one of those things. And as you know, very well, Dan, I have a horrible memory, but, um, I do remember, uh, I actually was at South by Southwest and a friend of mine, uh, said, Hey, let's go see Emmy Lou Harris. She's playing a Warner brothers party on, uh, the front steps of the St. Cecilia hotel. Just, and I was like, wow, I get to see Emmy Lou outside on like a porch. And it was a private thing. It wasn't open to the public. And I was like, yeah, I'm going there. And so I walked over and, you know, somebody handed me some fancy schmancy cocktail or something, and it was in the middle of the day. It was beautiful in Austin. And there was this amazing guitar player sitting on the exact same place where Emmy Lou was going to be, sitting on a porch, where was this kid playing it, and he was, I don't know, must have been like 17, 16, 17 years old. And it was Gary Clark Jr., and he was playing with the acoustic guitar, and I was blown away and I and and he wasn't really he was a local he was from Austin he was like a local kid and he hadn't done anything yet 
He literally hadn't hadn't done anything, but I remember being like, that's amazing. And then finally, you know, when I someone pitched him to me, two, three, four years, whatever it was later, as a, hey, there's this kid that we just signed and he's got this, he's kind of, you know, this blues and Jimmy and all that. And I was like, oh, no, you don't have to pitch. Got a call from my neighbor this morning. Told me my baby was gone. Got a call from my neighbor this morning. Told me my baby was gone. Yeah, and that is, you know, part of the whole being able to go with your gut thing is is a, a huge privilege that we have at Newport because our crowd does just want to hear good music. They don't want, you know, big names. Uh, they just want to hear the, the newest up-and-coming artist. That's a huge blessing for us, I think, that we can book an artist that doesn't have an agent. We can book an artist that has the biggest agent in the world. We can book an artist who's on album cycle or not on album cycle. I think the the one thing that kind of gets lost in our in our musical discovery because there's an element that I didn't hear everybody talking about, but I think they were saying it without saying it. But I think it's my job when to collect all the people mm-hmm. that I get to work with on the lineup. Uh, that there's also that feeling of uh, what's right for this year. It's not that this artist is per- perfect or is a great or is a Newport artist. There are plenty of Newport artists that we hear that it's just not. It's it's about. Uh, and I don't want to get too cosmic, but I think you'll attest, because you've been part of it now a little bit, that there's this kind of cosmic thing where you kind of leave where the festival is going to go curatorially. You kind of got to be open to the, the winds of the world and, 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 you know, with everything that's going on, say, in the sociological and the psychological and the psychographic and the demographic and political and what's happening to everybody in their day-to-day lives and say, okay, this is the general feeling of the spirit of what's going on with our society right now. What can we do to fight it, support the good, fight the bad? And, and, and then you have to look at the artists that you start to collect in this kind of corral, this pen, and say, okay, which one, which horses are we going to pull out and, and, and you know, add to our stable this year? Well, that sort of actually leads to my last question, uh, which is for you as the person who has to sort of be the last part of this process and, and make the final cut, uh, is there an element of this that's challenging, that's sort of the, the difficult part of the job? I think, well, I would say that, again, that music discovery is personal, and from all the resources that we get it is it's never lost on me that every recommendation from the sources that i like is well is it is is from a place of passion and love and enthusiasm and that's really difficult because i can't say agree with everybody's feeling i can't do it's it's i always say give me four weeks i'll throw a four-week festival and i still wouldn't which i would love uh i think the staff wouldn't really like that but i i would love that and um but I think um, you know it's it's you know the, the the hard thing is to to take all that passion and enthusiasm for such amazing music and limit it to sixty six artists. The hardest part of the job is to limit is 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 that we're we have a set amount of time to and a set amount of slots. And that's the hardest part of the job, and that's the hardest part of all the music discovery that comes from the people that are listening to this podcast and everybody else that you talk to on the phone and and in person. That's the hardest part is to let people know if we could have more, we'd have more. Right. 
Well, it hurts because it's personal. You know, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, 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 which, by the way, is, is a, an amazing thing to me. It's an amazing thing to me when I get people who, are, who will see me at a show and something and kind of get into my face that, how come you haven't booked this artist or this artist? You need to do this. And they're, they're, they're a little angry or frustrated. That's, ama- that's an amazing thing. Yeah. You know, that, they're, that they care that much. And then they also care about the festival to know that why aren't you two married? Why aren't, why aren't this artist that I love and your festival married? And that my hope is, I, I always, my response is, well, because of your passion, I'm, I'm going to go pay more attention to it. Maybe not this year, but in the future. All right, well, that wraps up the first episode of season four. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you got something out of it. Uh, We mentioned a few different blogs and YouTube channels that we discover new music through, and I'm actually going to post those on the show notes. Head over to newportfolk.org slash podcast to check those out. Uh, But a big thank you to Greg Little, Josh Smith, and Todd Walker for taking time out of their busy schedules to talk with us. We really appreciate it. And of course, thanks to you. Uh, Again, my name is Dan, and I will see you next episode.